what are people really going to say about you? Oh man, that man had $5 million in his bank account or man, that guy helped a thousand people change their lives. Welcome to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green, a certified financial planner who specializes in helping fitness entrepreneurs and millennials grow their net worth. The goal is to bring you conversations with successful individuals in the fitness industry on how they navigated their journey to success. Justin Green is the founder and financial planner at AssistFP, a financial planning firm. All opinions expressed in this show are solely those of Justin and not reflective of AssistFP. This podcast should not be considered advice. It is solely for educational, informational, and entertainment purposes only. Please consult with your financial advisor, tax, legal, and any other advisor you have before making any decisions regarding your financial plan. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Dollars and Dumbbells podcast. I'm your host, Justin Green. I'm excited to bring you my guests today, Eric Bosworth and Kiara Balaskid. Together, they formed Elevated Health, where they specialize in health and life insurance. Welcome to the show. How you doing, Justin? I'm good. I'm good. Kiara, I apologize if I uh, botched the last name. I did my best. You did good. It was good. Cool. Where are you guys calling in from? Uh, Fort Worth, Texas. Cool. Awesome. And uh, originally Tampa, right? Is I think when we last talked, Eric, you're from the Tampa area. Yeah, we're um, we're actually both from Orlando. Um, okay. But cool. Yeah, born and raised in Orlando, but we were in Tampa the last you know six to seven years before we moved out here to Texas. We're actually moving back next weekend to Orlando. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Um, curveball. I know. I haven't talked to you about <laughs> yeah. that yet. But, um, I decided to uh, fully purchase my own brokerage on the life side as well. Uh, so okay. now we're not focused on. I know we were mainly health when we first spoke. Now we're yeah, going to yeah. be we're going to have a team of agents on the life side as well. We're going to be you know handling annuities, just pretty much everything, an entire. And I'm even going to get into PNC, property and casualty. Um, okay. You know, as go on but yes i will be opening up a full brokerage you know just uh, created a new llc elevated financial group instead of just elevated health insurance so trying to gotcha. broaden the cool yeah we'll dive into that oh, that's awesome congrats to you um hey. and uh good luck with the move i uh i hate moving i do it so often i hate yeah, it I, I could write a book on breaking leases and moving <laughs> it over the last, the last like uh I'd say three and a half years that her and I have been together, we've moved probably eight times. So we, I, we, I think we've broken every single lease except for one. Yeah. Wow. We, wow. We, and we're about to break this one again. And we just moved two months <laughs> ago. Just moved to a brand new <laughs> condo two months ago. That's that's the worst. I mean, I've moved a lot. And then as you know, my fiance is a travel nurse. So, uh, you know, we're always packing up the car and going every couple months. Uh, which is how you and I got connected because you actually helped yeah. her with uh, a health insurance policy. Um, and so that's kind of why I wanted to bring you on today. I wanted to talk to you about health insurance for self-employed individuals, most specifically online fitness coaches, who is uh, kind of the target that I tend to work with and kind of who listen to the podcast. Um, yeah. And what I find a lot is either they're young enough where they're still on their parents' health insurance or they're they're uh, past the age of 26 and they're like holding on to their job longer than they need to because they're terrified of like what do I do for health insurance if I'm not employed so I, th I think that's a huge pain point for uh, that demographic so definitely want to hop into that uh, but before we really go there uh, I gotta hear from you guys what did you lift today honestly nothing oh. there's 
there's man i'll tell you there's th we just got um, a notification actually it might still be on my phone no it's not so la fitness all the local gyms they're closed because in fort worth right now it's still ice on the roads i did that. see that actually i had a buddy in uh dallas who was complaining about the gym being closed yesterday and and i think maybe today as well yeah like we have it at 76 77 heat right now and i'm right by the window and i can feel how cool it is it's probably 25 degrees 29 degrees outside right now Man, you guys aren't used to that in Texas. Absolutely not. So I haven't lifted anything yet today. But if they do happen to open a gym up, I will be there before 10 p.m. tonight. Awesome. Awesome. Cool. All right, let's talk health insurance. So why is this so important for self-employed individuals? Why do they why why not just like ditch the health insurance? You know, why not just go uninsured? Well, why not go in and try? I mean, you you absolutely can. But the reason why I find value, you know, even if you're 25, 26 years old, if you're self-employed, uh, you know, you still, you know, I always hear all the time from my 26 to 30 year old demographic, like, Eric, you know, why would I pay for health insurance? Nothing's ever happened to me. I'm like, OK, well, so why do you pay for car insurance? Oh, well, because, you know, in case my car gets in an accident. OK, so you care about your car more than you do your own health and your body. So you go to the gym all the time. You take care of yourself. Um, you know, you eat right. But yet you're not going to have the health coverage and the right health coverage that if something happens to you beyond your control to be able to pay for that bill. Right. And a lot of them don't understand that. You know, I look back to a, um, a friend of mine who's very into fitness. His name is Chase Street. You can find him on my Instagram, Justin. He went he came over and, and visited us last year and even he didn't have health coverage. And, you know, he's 29 years old. He's like, man, I don't need that stuff. And I'm looking at him and I'm like, dude, and he's a he's a fairly built guy. And I'm like, man, you, you don't look good. You look sick. And I'm not just telling you this to get you into a plan. And I was like, man, we got to get you into not only a you know a health insurance plan, but something that's really good because I, I genuinely just have this bad feeling. Dude, two months later, he got diagnosed with uh, stage three colon cancer. Crazy. Wow. His last his last week of chemo is next week. Next week, he beat it. He beat it. He survived. And the plan that I put him on was a United Healthcare PPO option where he went, where he was able to pick and go to Moffitt Cancer Center in Tampa, one of the best cancer centers in the country because of one of the plans that I chose. Now, if I would have chosen Obamacare, HMO, that was a smaller restricted network or something that might not have worked for him. And that's a whole nother conversation. But you should never go uninsured. But you should also get the right agent that knows what plan to find for you because you want everything to be covered if something bad happens, right? It's not about the little stuff. Too many people are too focused on, well, I don't ever use it. I don't go to the I don't go to the hospital ever or I don't go to the doctor. It's not about going to the doctor or getting blood work. That yeah, you can pay for that cash. It's about what if you go to the hospital for something major and you get a hundred thousand dollar bill? Can you lose your business? Are you gonna lose your clients? How long are you gonna be out? You know, so it's those questions that you want to ask yourself. How much do you really care about your business? How much do you care about your family? Because if you can't work, who's gonna provide? or even a younger individual, 26, 27 years old. It's the same thing. How much do you really care about your health? You care enough about your car to go get car insurance and don't give me the, the oh, well, the government makes me. That That's not an excuse, right? You have to have car insurance. Well, you don't go get car insurance to run into a semi, just like you don't go and get health insurance to go and use it. The point of insurance is not to use it. It's actually the opposite. I hope my clients- yeah, so that's, that's one of the unique things about insurance is like, you want to pay and never use it. Like I tell people that all the time. It's like, oh yeah, you're not using it. Guess what? That's a good thing. That means you're still healthy or you're still alive. Like you want to pay. I, I'm a proponent of term life insurance, uh, which I'm not ready to pivot to the life side. But like that's an example of you want to pay that policy and you want to never use it because that means you survived 
the policy, which means you're still alive. Guess what? Congrats. Yeah, you spent a little bit of money. <laughs> exactly. But t- the way life insurance is now, and when we get into it, there's other ways around that that actually pay you back if you don't die. It's the perfect remedy for a life insurance plan. So I get what you, exactly what you're saying. Yeah, for sure. So what are some of the things to uh, consider with a health insurance plan? So, you know, there's, I know them, but I want to hear you kind of talk about them for uh, coaches who maybe aren't as familiar, but let's talk about some of the the common terms, you know, deductibles, premiums, co-pays, like what are we talking about when we're looking at, what are the most important things to think about when you're evaluating a health insurance plan? Well, Justin, first it's evaluating the client, right? You know, uh, you want to listen to the client first, listen to what they like, what they dislike, what type of issues they've had in the past or how an insurance plan has resolved their issue in the past. So you know what to look for and what not to look for. So what I like to start with is what we call a line pitch, right? So I I'll have you grab a piece of paper, draw in the middle of the line and say, okay, um, here's how we differentiate uh, insurance right now on the top of that line. I want you to write Obamacare, which is the ACA marketplace. I want you to write medically underwritten health insurance, and then I want you to write employer coverage. Now, below the line, we'll write health shares, MediShares, short-terms, limited supplemental plans, right? Now, all we did right there was separate the real insurance, real full coverage health insurance, to the not-so-real insurance, right? When I say not-so-real, I just mean insurance that's going to have some holes in it. And for some people that works because it might be a supplement to another plan or it might be a a short term situation from employer to employer, which the not so real works. However, most of the time we start above that line and we say, okay, well, what's your income like? Because Obamacare is mostly for either individuals that are um, fairly unhealthy or have a lower income, right? That because it's guaranteed insurability plans. If they don't, if they make a decent amount of money and they're self-employed, usually Obamacare is not the route. Then you have medically underwritten coverage for your relatively healthier individuals, such as personal trainers that are self-employed, where you can find health-based discounts based on your MIB report, your Medical Information Bureau report. Then you have employer coverage. If they don't have access to that and they're not unhealthy, then we know we're going to go with medically underwritten coverage. At that point, we can then get into, well, what area are they in? Their zip code. Then we go to either United Healthcare, Cigna, or Aetna, depending on what's the best network. And then we also go towards PPO options, which are preferred provider organizations. HMOs are smaller restricted networks, usually the county or the zip code that you live in. PPO, nationwide, right? Then we go to the deductible, the co-insurance, the max out of pocket. A lot of people will get this misconception like, oh, just send me quotes. Well, ma'am, sir, I know nothing about you. <laughs> so sure. I don't know what you like, what you dislike, what's happened, how many family members you got. I, I just, you want me to send you 250 quotes from all different carriers and just have, have a go at it? Or do you want me to genuinely listen to you and, and build the perfect plan? Because as licensed consultants, we can build you whatever plan you tell us. Now we'll give our professional opinion, but ultimately you're the boss. So usually though, our most popular options are either an upgradable, option that's like a limited indemnity plan gives you all your basic benefits that you can upgrade to a max out of pocket at any given time in the middle of a claim it's like a three thousand dollar max out of pocket or five thousand those are your most popular three thousand and five thousand sometimes we'll even go to a seventy five hundred um, but then we have your um, guaranteed renewable options that are a little bit harder to get into because they're guaranteed renewable until the age of 65 that means they're married to you doesn't matter how many claims you make See, all of these things are important. It's not just about the dollar amounts. It's not just about what are my copays. See, that's what everybody asks. What are my copays? When when they don't realize copays are just what you pay to shake the doctor's hand. That's it. After sure. anything else you do extra, you're going to pay for. So, but yes, 
it's your most popular um, plans are either three to five thousand dollar deductibles, seven thousand dollar max out of pocket with like an eighty twenty coinsurance in between, or maybe a ten thousand dollar max out of pocket with a seventy thirty coinsurance in between. You know, so it it all just depends on their financial situation too. You know, if they don't have a lot of money saved, I ask that. I'm like, you know, be honest with me. Because if I put you in a $12,000 max out of pocket plan, but then your son breaks his leg, are you going to be able to cover that $12,000 if it's a $70,000 surgery? If not, let's add this supplemental. That's where supplementals come into play. Because you can add a $20 rider on a $250 for $10,000 worth of coverage supplemental. So they're only paying $250 that pays up to a $10,000 max out of pocket for an injury or accident. Those, that's what you start with qualifying the client. Then you get into whether we're going PPO or HMO, like if they need it nationwide, like your um, fiance corrected mm-hmm. um, travel. So absolutely, they always need PPOs. And then we go into, okay, what's a solid deductible? What are you going to be paying per doctor visit? And then what's your max out of pocket? Because that's most important. What's your max out of pocket? What's the worst case scenario? So let's simplify those. All right. So what is the deductible? What does that mean? Simple In simplest terms, you can you can give it to us. In simplest terms, um, have you ever uh, wrecked your car? No, I ever? haven't, thankfully. <laughs> oh. Oh. In, in a sense, like, just like car insurance gives you a deductible before the insurance kicks in and pays for whatever they're going to pay for, the same thing it is with, with health insurance. The deductible is what your responsibility is before the insurance company kicks in and starts paying a certain coinsurance. So if you have a $5,000 deductible, you're responsible for that first 5,000. Then the insurance company, let's say, let's say you have an 80-20 coinsurance after that. So now the insurance company, after you reach that, reach that first 5,000, is going to say, hey, whatever is left after this 5,000, we're going to pay 80% of. All right. Now, if that 80% or your 20% that you're paying after that first 5,000 exceeds another you know, $2,000, that means you're at 7,000 now, that's your max out of pocket, then you're 100% covered after that. It doesn't matter what the limit is unless the plan has a limit on it. Okay, so cool. super, your responsibility is 5,000, then you get the coinsurance. Now, if your coinsurance exceeds another 2,000 or 5,000, whatever your max out of pocket is after your deductible, at that point, the insurance company comes in again and says, okay, never mind with the 80, we're going to pay 100% from you. Cool. No, that's awesome. I the reason I asked you to simplify is because I find in my field sometimes I start I get going talking and I realize oh this isn't common knowledge and so I find I do it a lot with taxes where like some people like don't even understand how a tax system works and I have to like go back and explain like what a marginal tax system is. Do you run into that a lot where people are like, dude, I don't even know what you're talking about deductible copay out of pocket like they're like you know this might be the first time they've ever even had health insurance if they're a young uh individual i know you work with a lot of travel nurses so like if they're a young travel nurse first time they're getting health insurance they they might know because they're in the health uh the health field but it always surprises me uh sometimes that it's not common knowledge so and i'm gonna take this one one more i know she you know she's (laughs) actually knows a lot about this business as well um but everything that you're asking there's a man i've ran into every single one of these problems and and listen you know sometimes i get on the phone with people and they're just like just you're the, you're the professional, but then after I get done with everything, they instantly want to say, well, we're going to keep shopping around. And I say, okay, no problem. Then I must have not created enough value in, in what we were what we went over. Do you not understand it? Like I try to revert. Did you not understand what we went over? Because what I try to start to explain from the beginning of the conversation is, listen, I'm a broker. 
right? I'm a full broker now. I have access to almost every plan in the country. There's not much that I don't have access to unless it's captive to a certain agency, right? Um, but pretty much every plan you can think of, I listened to your needs, I did everything. So I must have missed somewhere because you say you want to continue shopping and, and call somewhere else. So, and they're like, no, I just want to keep shopping to compare. I'm like, again, health insurance, we're not like as a broker, we're not, this isn't car sales. I can't tack on a thousand dollars to a plan. I can't, that's not how you're either going to, you're going to, you're going to add more benefits and the price will increase, or we're going to subtract benefits and the price, the price will decrease. Right. So what your shop, what I'm telling the clients is, okay, so it's me that you, that you might not want to do business with, not that you're trying to get a better deal. They're like, no, I want to see if I can get it cheaper. Okay. So see, I, I keep finding out which people don't realize it's not cheaper. Cheaper means less of a plan, a better yeah. plan to be more expensive now you might get a better deal because it's medically underwritten which i can go that route you see what i'm saying so i can always revert back to whatever you want you tell me and we can shop a lot of people think that as brokers they can call me get that same plan and then take that plan to another broker and say hey can you beat this price what another broker or agent will do some agents you know some are some are ethical some aren't is they're going to take out a benefit beat the price just to win your business but not tell you that that benefit was taken out you see, so we do our best to try to listen to what you need and genuinely hear you out at first. Right. And then we go, OK, well, based on everything you told us, here's why we chose this plan. Right. You, you, you said you have this issue in the past. Well, here's how that plan solves it. You know, here's what we can do. And then that's why it's not that I'm trying to pressure anybody or keep them on the phone. But health insurance is important. If far too many times I've had people have no idea about it. and I've tried to educate them without overloading them and then they wait three four weeks and then they call me hey eric my son just broke his arm can we still get that plan you absolutely cannot <laughs> that's the issue so now i feel like you know i feel upset because i'm like man if i would have just pressured her a little bit more but then i don't want to be pressuring so it's like this never-ending battle justin you know where, where i don't i try to, to help everybody understand that insurance, just like life insurance, you know, you, the longer you wait, the more risk you're running for your family and the more expensive it gets. So you're not saving money by waiting until you're 50 to get it. Right. You, no, you might, you're just playing with fire. <laughs> with health insurance, you're not, you don't, you're not saving money because God forbid something happens. But man, my dad suffered a stroke five months ago. He's paralyzed from the left-hand side. My best friend, like I said, last year, stage three cancer. Now the day my dad suffered a stroke, I was laying my, one of my very good friends, Michael Sanders, who got me into the insurance industry to rest that same day. We were burying him while I got the mm -hmm. phone call that my dad suffered a stroke. Not only that, but being in this business, you hear about this every day. So when I sound aggressive or passionate, it's because I genuinely believe in this. Now, I don't believe in all insurance. I don't even like the insurance companies. <laughs> I don't like them at all. <laughs> like, I like clients. make two of us. <laughs> I, like, I, fight, I fight with them every day. It's not, I don't do this because I like them. Yeah, I feed my family and this is how I provide. Absolutely. Do I make a good living? Yes. But I I'm in my client's best interest at all times. And they have my cell phone number. They don't have to call the 1-800 number at 9 p.m. at night if something happens. They can call me if they forgot their ID cards and I'll send it to them at 9 p.m. So that's the difference. That's what people need to understand when you're calling a broker. It's about who you can trust. Have you read their reviews on Facebook, right? I'm all, I'm all marketing on Facebook. Have you read my reviews? Have you looked at my videos? Have you learned about us? That's what you're truly buying into. Who's going to be there for you after they sign you up and make that first amount of money on the policy, right? Who's going to answer your phone? Who's going to make changes to your account so they don't have to deal with the insurance company? So if that explains it, I know I went off on a tangent, but I just, <laughs> you opened, you opened a up a, 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 yeah, a can of worms for me. 
Yeah, no, we've talked a couple times, so I, I can tell when you're starting to get passionate and getting into it, so I just let you roll with it. Uh, <laughs> I am curious <laughs> to hear from Kiara as well on some of like the <clears throat> maybe some of the struggles that self-employed individuals have in terms of uh, maybe thinking they need to get a policy or what are some challenges you run into when you're talking to them um, that maybe they're held up on when it comes to getting a policy? Uh, definitely is a lot of travel nurses going into travel nurse. Uh, you know, we have a lot of RNs that are quitting their job and want to make more money and they're scared to take that leap of faith. A lot of the time, they're just not used. They're so used to employer coverage that they're simply just not used to paying a certain amount. You know, on average, yeah. regular health insurance policy costs, you just pretty much add a zero to your age. And that's on average what you should be paying for one single family. You know, a lot of the time, these these self-employed individuals are just not comfortable with paying that amount of money or, you know, never had insurance and have been healthy for a really long time. And just, it's new to them, you know, it's uncomfortable not understanding something, but then when they fully understand it, you know, people are always very grateful. Absolutely. So that's a really good rule of thumb. I'd never heard. So if you take your age at a zero, that's kind of like a ballpark, you know, assuming nothing crazy is going on, because I know this can go up or down depending on health conditions, needs, etc. But you know, say someone's 25, and they're looking for a private policy and relatively normally healthy, on average, probably gonna be about 250 a month. Is that what you were saying? A $50 swing. Yeah. So at 25, you're either 200, 250 or 300. Depending on what. Okay. 250 is that average. So the like at 30, plan. Old, at 30 years old, you're going to be 250 to 350 at 40 years old. You're going to be 350 to 450, sometimes 500 and you know, 550. Once you get to 40 to 62, 63 changes a little bit, maybe add another 50, um, maybe add another hundred on top of your age, but it all just depends. If you're a healthier individual and you've stayed healthy, we can find you options at better rates It all again, but again, self-employed. Remember that rate, that full premium is tax deductible every time. So you got to keep that in mind as a self-employed individual. Yeah, absolutely. So if you are self-employed, uh, the way that works is you can deduct your uh, health insurance premiums on your tax return. And the way it works is actually it's on page one of your 1040. So you can actually deduct that regardless if you itemize uh, deductions or not, which most people do not anymore. So most people like I think it's like 99% of people will take the standard deduction uh, based on the last uh, tax update when Trump was in office. And basically because the deductions on average, you'll uh, benefit the most by taking the standard deduction. So sometimes um, what happens if you're you know, like not self-employed, if you're trying to deduct your medical cost, um, a lot of times you won't have enough medical costs to actually increase your itemized deductions uh, over the standard deduction. Therefore, you essentially can't deduct them. It doesn't make sense for you. But as a self-employed individual, it's different. The cost of your health insurance premiums uh, is actually included on page one. So it is deductible even with the standard deduction. So that is a huge benefit. Um, and what most people don't understand about our tax system is it's a tool for the government to incentivize different areas, such as uh, real estate, businesses, etc. And one of the things the government really wanted to emphasize was being uh, having health insurance. And so that's why they allow that on the tax return. No, so that's a great that's a, a great opportunity for uh, self-employed individuals. Absolutely. So, 
So I want to dive in a little bit more. What's it like working together with your significant other? Because I know there can be challenges there. Um, you know, so I actually want to start with you, Kiara, and hear from you on this. <laughs> uh, start anyways. He is a handful. It's it's a challenge. <laughs> it really is. But at the end of the day, he's very passionate, and I know that he means good. Um, but it is a challenge working with your spouse, especially being self-employed together and owning a business. It's a challenge. Absolutely. So you guys like. Do you guys work from home? Are you in an office or? Well, today we're actually working from home because we're moving, of course, at the end of the week. Mm -hmm. But we normally work in the office. So when we move to Orlando, we're going to be in a huge office. It's about 15,000 square feet or something like that. Yeah, I'm sharing the office with with another couple agencies where I'm renting out my portion, just a few thousand square feet. um, Because right now we're going to be starting off just in that office with about... I'd say 12 to 15 agents over the next month. And then um, we have another office in Lakeland, Florida, one in North Georgia. Now those, those I don't own. I'll only own the, the one in Orlando, but I will oversee gotcha. all the agents on all of the locations um, on the life side, which is what a position that I just took over, I, you know, where, where I essentially will be the recruiter, the trainer. I'm, I'm the eyes, ears for everybody. Um, make sure everybody stays in tune. Uh, but, uh, you know, when it comes to, I guess, you know, working with her, it's, it's, I'm impatient and there's things, right? Nobody's perfect, right? And, and I had a vision a long time ago when we first did this and I expect things to be done. And it's an issue with me. Like I said, I'm the problem with this where I expect things to be done my way. And, and I always, and I always try to revert back to the books I've read. Like if you can find a team of people to do it 70 to 80%, how you can, you should be happy. And me, I think it should be done 99% how I do it. So then when it's not done that way, it, you know, I get a little snappy. I'm like, Hey, what about this? What about this? And then it seems overwhelming with the way I speak it into existence. So that's something that I've been working on as a human, as a man, as her man. Uh, and, and I genuinely want to get better at because, you know, now it's all revision. It's not just mine. And she has contributed to this success at the end of the day. Yeah, she makes mistakes here and there because I think she's in my head. So to me, they're mistakes. But to her, she's like, well, I wasn't in your head knowing you wanted this, wanted it done this way. Yeah. So that's for sure. Yeah. Communication would be extremely important, um, you know, because there's no there's no delineation there's no separation. Uh, truthfully, if Danielle and I work together, I think she'd kill me within like a week. Uh, so I can, I can understand and empathize with that. Uh, yeah. so that's why I was curious because, you know, I've heard couples who work together and sometimes it's like, it's bliss. It's wonderful. It's great. And then there's others like, Hey, it's challenging, right? I mean, we're trying to build a business together. We're hustling hard, but we go to bed in the same place. We wake up in the same yeah. place and then we spend all day together in the same place. So a 15,000 square foot office might be nice. Yeah. I'm excited to have like. I love working with Eric, but being able to have like my own area, like my own setup is really nice. And it makes honestly working together a lot easier. Um, even here in Fort Worth, when we worked at the office, he was at the corner at the table. I was at the other corner. <laughs> you know, wow. I so was over there. My vibe was over here, but we're still working together as a team. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's challenging. Kudos to you guys for making it work. Um, I know I'm sure it's not perfect at all times, but kudos to you for, uh, making it work because, you know, obviously you're building something together and at the end of the day, that will be way more valuable than maybe some of the bickering that comes along with kind of being in each other's space all day, 24 seven. Uh, so that's very cool. I love seeing that. Um, I want to, uh, kind of talk about, I want to, well, tell me a little bit more about the, the new side of the business before we kind of change the topic there. 
Yeah, so the life side, uh, I decided, you know, a long time ago, not a long time ago, you know, nine months ago, right? It was, I was a few months into um, being, you know, a, a full-time licensed consultant, you know, doing health insurance. And I met a, a man by the name of Tyler Adams. He's all over my social media with me, a great guy. Uh, at first, you know, I, I, he was trying to recruit me because he was on the life insurance side. He's like, man, why aren't you doing both this and that? And that's when I had to let him understand that I was a captive agent. Yes, I got paid really well, but I could only sell those products. I, I did not own my book. That's another reason why I'm making this entire move. Well, over the last eight months, he stopped trying to recruit me and he's like, okay, well, how about we get your girl on? Because she wasn't captive. So that's what we did. So she came on board with a company called Family First Life. They're, um, okay. they're the mother company, right? And then you can create agencies under them. And, you know, finally, we got her up to a few agents under her. Tyler was helping out. He was always very communicative. Like, you understand communication is important. And I was like, wow, man, this guy, as wildly successful as he is, always answering his phone, you know, uh, doing what he says he's going to do for her, bringing on our agents. Not, I don't even have to uh, train them like he's doing everything <laughs> because, you know, he gets credit for the volume and we would get credit for the overrides, et cetera. Um, however, we went to a convention in Miami a few weeks ago and I don't know, I just had an epiphany, like we were there for, for the Family First Life Convention and I was meeting all these other brokers, young brokers, other couples like us, like these, um, this couple named Nina and Hayden Hill. Uh, they're, uh, man, just absolute monsters. I think they're 26, 27 years old as a couple with Family First Life. And they're just, they're, they're serving hundreds of families a year between the two of them, probably over a thousand. They have hundreds of agents now and they're just living the life and they completely own their book of business. They're fully best. And I was like, okay. And then Tyler's doing the same thing. And I just, I, I've seen so many successful people and they were all uplifting each other. And I was like, okay, family first life. They have something they're marketing the way they're onboarding agents, the way they're doing everything, their social media platform. I was like, this is way too good of a, a company, like the company to get into. So I was like, what their comp structure, what's their comp structure. And we started seeing how it worked for us with the way they bring on new agents, they're bringing them on at 20, 30% higher than any other agency in the country. And we're able to do that because of the volume we were able to accrue with my new brokerage. So they put us at a higher comp and they showed us where we could bring on. So finally I was just like, man, I have to walk away from my book. This company on the life side just has everything, just step-by-step -step process on how to be successful. And, um, you know, so man, I, I walked away from so much residual income this year to start all over by myself with her or by ourselves, if I can say, and, and we're literally putting all of our own money into our own brokerage to, to, to help others. Because right now we make great money and we help a lot of families, but we're doing it all on our own. We're writing, doing it on our own pen. We're ready to build. We're ready to help others, we're ready to show others how we built this in a year. And I know a year sounds like a little bit of time, but we put blood, sweat and tears into this past year. But now we're going to be uncaptive, still selling health, but also focusing on the life because we're, we want to build a massive team in the central Florida area. So, again, if anybody watches this and they want to get into the life insurance, you know, that's where I'll, my main focus will be. And she'll still be focused on the health. Uh, but I'm going all in and I want to help a hundred agents this year make over six figures in the life insurance business. Cool, man. That's awesome. Congrats to you guys. Um, sounds like big things are ahead and it sounds, I mean, you guys were doing great for only being one year in too. Um, yeah. you know, I know you guys were killing it in the travel nurse market. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, congrats. That's awesome. Uh, it's too bad you have to go back to Florida, but you know, <laughs> Hey, come and see us anytime, man. Sunshine State. Now we we now Florida sounds nice right now. We uh we spent about three and a half months in Naples to end last year uh, on an assignment, 
and they wanted her back so bad and it's like we're preparing for our wedding in the summer so we stayed back in the northeast but like it was 60 degrees yesterday and now we're getting 12 inches of snow tonight it's just ridiculous uh so florida sounds good yeah <laughs> so cool i want to hit you guys with a couple final questions uh, a little less uh on the business side but more just like you know what what does wealth mean to you i want to hear from both of you on what that means to you what does wealth mean, does wealth mean to you wealth to me just means freedom freedom of time being able to do what i want to do when i want to do not having to worry about anything honestly that's wealth. generational wealth for my whole family not just me for my kids my kids' kids my mom my dad just being able to do whatever i want whenever i want and not have to worry absolutely what about yeah, you Art? everything that she said um however i look at i measure wealth you know, just like I, I guess, and I know this sounds cliche, but like legacy, right? What are you, what are you really leaving when we leave here? You know, what are, what are people really going to say about you? Oh man, that man had $5 million in his bank account or man, that guy helped a thousand people change their lives, right? To me, that's wealth. Wealth is measured in time and wealth is measured in the amount of people that you're able to put in the position that you're in or right there with it, right? I, I've always been a huge believer. Like I don't like sitting at a table and being the one that can pay for the tab at any point in time. Like that was never my goal. My goal was it didn't matter who, who was sitting at the table. What I mean by that is we all do well for ourselves, but we're all also kind hearted people. That is wealth to me. Wealth is when you, when you personally develop to become a person that you're not stingy, you're not selfish. You're not trying to do everything for yourself or undercut the person in front of you. You're not burning any bridges. Like you're just at that point where inside and out, you've taken care of yourself. You look good, smell good, feel good. Um, you do have some money saved. You, if a friend calls you and they need to borrow, you know, some money, you're not, you're not fighting them on it, you know. Or, or of course, if it's for a good cause. Um, so th to me, it's just it's wealth is when that word, man, it's a lot. It's it's a it's a. Um, it's a triggered word for me because, you know, people think wealth is measured by money and just time. Yes, of course, somebody who can take off the rest of their life and they've made it, you're wealthy. But how many people have you truly helped? That's the real wealth. How many people can you bring up with you, right? It's boring if you're just doing it for yourself or, or just your family. Yeah, your family is most important, but so are the people around you. You have an obligation in life, I feel like, to help others more than you're being helped. Always. I think that's the best feeling, honestly, is like watching other people grow and like seeing them come into this business starting somewhere and like they're changing their lives like the amount of money they make the amount of people they help like just the value that they bring now and what they've grown is it's an amazing feeling to watch for sure you know i've watched Asia, go ahead no go ahead i was just saying I, you know over the years even when i was in wireless before i did you know health insurance i was a district manager um for sprint for years, right? And all I all I watched was new recruits come on, you know, get new credit cards. I I didn't just teach them about how to sell phones. I taught them about how to handle their credit, how to purchase a new vehicle. Hell, I would go to the dealership with some of my new reps to make sure they they got a good deal. You know, that's to me that's wealth to be able to do that for anybody and everybody around you. You know, so cool. I love both those answers, and that's kind of why I ask people, "What does wealth mean to you?" Because to be honest with you, it means a lot of different things to a lot of different people. Um, you know, it almost never just means like, I want to have as much money as possible, which is kind of crazy because in the traditional sense, you would think that's probably what wealth means. Um, so I love that. No, those are both great answers. What's something you wish you had learned earlier? You can go anywhere with this. <laughs> I feel like I, I would have been a pro at this point, you know, 
I would have started when I was 18 years old. I'm 24 now. She's still young. She acts like <laughs> she's, I'm 31. But if I would have had this opportunity at 18, wow, I mean, it's crazy how far that would have made. I'll tell you what I wish I would have learned earlier is my value. That too. I think that for a long time, I knew I was talented. I knew I was you know, good at what I did. I started selling and I started selling bootleg air forces out the back of my trunk when I was 14 years old in high school. I've always been a hustler. I was selling candy, you know, like the little cinnamon rolls for a dollar. I'd buy them for 40 cents. Like I was doing all of that, man. And then I, I met a friend of mine and I was always his right hand. I was never the main guy. They always looked at Eric as like the right hand. And then we opened up a clothing store and a barber shop together. Well, I was the barber, but I was still his right hand because he bought the building like in his parents' co-sign. So I was always right hand. Then I got into wireless and, you know, my director was always like kind of sunning me like he, he wanted me to do good, but never better than him. You know, so I just I always thought, OK, I'm good, but I'm good where I'm at. So finally, when when it took me years of, of them never letting me move forward, but me finishing number one in the country. Right. And just sales, you know, whatever. When I was in wireless, to finally saying, hold on, I'm making a little bit less or the same money every year, but I'm but I'm still finishing number one. So something's wrong. It doesn't add up. So when I finally realized my value, I said, okay, let me go work for myself. <laughs> let me see what happens going to work for myself. I was always scared. I always felt like I needed a salary or I needed somebody to baby me because I was taught that subconsciously being the right hand man or always getting sunned. I felt like, okay, that's my value. So when I finally went off on my own and I got some good friends around me that were entrepreneurs, they're like, Eric, what are you doing? Like they just kept talking sense into me like, man, you would do great here. And I never believed them. I never personally believed them until finally she went into the health insurance industry first. She just dove right in. I said, you know what? I'll pay the bills. I'll do whatever. You go in first and, and let's see how it works. And she's like, babe, you'll, you'll kill it here. You'll kill it. You got to You got to do this. Like I left a six figure a year job working from home for Verizon business to go do this. Right. After Sprint, I was at Verizon. And when I went and did this, man, within three months, you know, we changed our life. <laughs> Changed our life in three months. And I finally realized, wow, all this time I was creating, you know, uh, wealth for another company and never for myself. When I finally left the company making 15%, I realized, oh my gosh, I make 100% now. <laughs> so as soon as that calculation kicked in and I realized that, that I, you know, my, my network was my net worth and it really worked, I re I'll never work for anybody else again. I'll work with people and, and, and grow together, but I'll never work for anybody again. Yeah, I became unemployable a long time ago too. <laughs> uh, yeah, once you work for yourself, it's and and I know the audience can relate to this because you know most of them are business owners. Um, you know, you want to create things with other people, and um, and that's one thing. But yeah, it's hard to go back to like working for someone ever again after that. And and it is because you you realize your value, and you realize <clears throat> honestly, like you know when you go out on your own, like there's just so many more opportunities. You're not, you're not uh, restricted anymore. So no, dude, that's awesome. Uh, final question for you. If you go back in time a year ago today and see where you're at now, what would surprise you the most and why? And I feel like this is a good question for having built the business over the last like year or so. So let's hear from you. Ask that question one more time. If you could go back in time a year ago today, what would and see where you're at now what would surprise you the most and why yeah go ahead. <laughs> well what would surprise me the most honestly my growth how far i've come um 
my patience. I don't think I would have had this most, much patience with Eric <laughs> looking back now. Um, definitely my growth. I mean, I, I've grown so much. I don't think I've... I don't think I would have seen myself grow as much as I have, especially for being my age. But I've, I've grown a lot. That's awesome. I think what surprises me is the undeniable support that I've gotten from people that I never would have thought would have supported me. You know, when you go into business for yourself, you expect everybody to just instantly support you that knows you better than anyone. And honestly, in the beginning, it was funny, you know, it was the my, the strangers that supported me mm -hmm. more than anybody, like the people that didn't yeah. know me social media, they would always tag me and try to refer me. Hey, man, I got this person for you. I'm like, why is this person helping me so much? <laughs> you know, which I would pay, I always pay, you know, $100 per referral, 150 per referral, but they didn't even want the money. I'm like, why are you supporting me so much? They just I, I love what you do. I've been, you know, a friend with you on Facebook or Instagram for years. I never met you, but you just seem like such a cool guy or whatever. I'm like, wow, man, it's amazing what social media can portray. Like, you know, I'm just a normal person. Like I've had my, my trials and tribulations, but what also surprised me is how those people that didn't support you at first that you thought would are now starting to actually, um, you know, I guess uh, they're starting to cave in. They're starting to say, okay, well, Eric's proved, I guess it's, you, it's not even the guilt. I don't think it's that. I think people just genuinely want to see that this isn't a facade or is it something it's new. Real. And I had to, I, at first I genuinely was upset, you know, at people for the longest time. Like, why aren't you helping me? Like I would get, I would get a group chat. Hey man, guys, can, um, um, can you guys go like or comment on my latest post? And half of them wouldn't even do it. Like some of my best friends, you just wouldn't do it. Yeah. Now they do it without me asking them sometimes, I guess, because I, we prove to them that we're here to stay and we're the health and life insurance uh, gal and guy, right? Like, I, I guess that's the thing. Like, people just want to see that this isn't something that you're picking up and putting down in a few months. And that, again, that's your subconscious mind. Like, that's just how people are built. They want to make sure that you're the man at that. And to become the man, they want to see other people support you first. And then they're like, okay, we'll start giving you credit because you know how it is at first. Oh, what if I support you here and the next week you're doing something else and then I look stupid? Or, you know, I yeah. get it. I 100% get it. But that's yeah, success is contagious is how the human brain works. So that's that's what I've learned over social media over the last year, because we do a lot of social media marketing. So trigger points, you know, emotional triggers, things like that is what I try to learn to be able to captivate, you know, with my audience. But definitely surprised me. If I could go back a year and look, I, I would have never known this. No, that's interesting. That's an interesting response. Uh, speaking of social media, let everyone know before we hop off where they can find you guys online. Um, I am K-I-A-R-A. E-A-L-A-S-Q-U-I-D-E-I-M-K-A-R-B-A-S-Q-U-I-D-E-I-M-K-A-R-B-A-S-Q-U-I-D-E-I-M-K-A-R-B-A-S-Q-U-I-D-
we're going to be doing the elevatedfinancialgroup.com or elevatedfinancial.com, whichever one we go with, we're going to be taking care of all of that this week. So we'll have a new, um, we'll have a new domain, new Instagram, new everything, pretty much to focus on the life insurance side as well, because we want to keep the health insurance its thing because we've already built it as a brand. For sure. So we'll rebrand the life insurance and, um, Man, here in the next month, month and a half, you'll see a lot of content from us. I'm hiring an entire branding company to come out. It's called nice. Blue Collar Media Group. They're going to be, you know, doing videos for us. And then I have an ads manager now. So we're we're really truly trying to get out to as many people as possible, Justin. And and, and I'm telling you, it's free consultation. So whoever reaches out to us, it's not like they're being roped in to purchase something. I genuinely will give help, even if I even if you have the best plan already. I'm going to tell you, stay right where you're at. You're already in a good position. So the worst case scenario talking to me is you learn a little bit more about the plan that you're in or you figure out that we can save you money. That's it. For sure. Absolutely. And if you're listening to this and you're trying to find Elevated, if you find Elevated and the guy looks like the rock, the rock stunt double, you are in the right place. That yeah. is Eric. That's him. You found him. Uh, so I appreciate you guys coming on. Uh, thank you so much. Nah, thank you, Justin. Thank you. If you found this episode helpful or simply entertaining, please subscribe and leave a review. This is the best way to share the show with as many online fitness coaches as possible. Also, each week I send out The Assist, which is the number one financial newsletter for online fitness coaches and fitness entrepreneurs. To sign up, go to assistfp.com forward slash the dash assist or simply go to the link in my Instagram bio. Until next time, keep growing, my friends.